0: Welcome to Birch Banter. Today, we have our very first episode of Design Onion. On Design Onion, we are peeling back the layers of design to uncover the invisible factors that shape our ever-changing digital world. This month, Instagram added an entirely new feature called Notes. They're also ditching the shopping button entirely. and chat, GPT is coming to Bing. I'm Connor Burst, and I'm joined by Elise Keeney, an incredible UI UX designer on our team. Welcome, Elise.
1: Hi, I'm excited to get into some design stuff today.
0: Our first topic today is Instagram's new feature called Notes. They're looking to combine stories and tweets by allowing a user to share a text post that will only be visible for up to 24 hours. So Elise, what is Instagram trying to accomplish here?
1: Yeah, so if you saw Adam, Instagram's CEO, talking about this at all in his own feed, He talked about these short little status updates basically are another way to create more engagement and connection between users. So you can kind of see how they focused in on only allowing these notes to be visible to either your mutuals or your close friends list. And then also being in the inbox where you kind of have those more in-depth or closer conversations with your friends.
0: That was the first thing that stuck out to me was that they put this in the DM section hmm. Right. Like that's a fairly intimate section that I expect to be, I mean, relatively private. I'm sending messages to people and uh, we're talking back and forth. But at the very top, all of a sudden, it's like you want to broadcast something.
1: hmm. Yeah. And what I find really interesting about it, too, is there's no notification for when one of your friends posts a note you would expect because it is that more intimate relationship with either your close friends list or just those people that follow you and you follow back that you would maybe be able to enable or disable some sort of notification. But that's not the case. So,
0: And Adam literally says, we're doing this to increase engagement. But then it's just kind of hidden, right? Mm -hmm. And then also the use case of going into your inbox to go message people specifically is a little bit different than, hey, I want to go broadcast a message. I want to go essentially tweet on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go to the private space. I think that's pretty interesting. It's a little bit of a swing.
1: Absolutely. And one thing that Adam even said in his video was that he was looking at it or he found it useful to get recommendations from friends Mm -hmm. using the notes section. But 60 characters is not a lot of characters if you're looking to get a recommendation. And also, I think people already use their stories for that. There's so many polling features Mm -hmm. and like... Leave me a response features in Instagram stories where you can also add so much more context and an explanation to what you're asking about. So I haven't really seen that feature or that use case taking off in my Instagram notes.
0: Neither have I. Also, have you noticed they truncate the the whatever you're posting? So you have to click it to even see the entirety of the 60 characters. So you got to get your subject within what, like 15 characters?
1: Yeah, I think you have about 30 characters before it truncates it, even though they give you 60 total for your note, 30 characters is not a lot. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the, like there's some earlier prototypes of it where it's actually a much different design than what they came out with. Hmm. It's almost a full card where you get the profile picture, username, the time that it was posted, and then the full 60 character message. So it's really interesting to compare what that looks like to what it is now, where it's just the little text bubble, essentially. Yeah, uh, It kind of almost reminds me of adding a status to like your Slack message, where it's just like an emoticon and you can take what you want from that 30 characters. It's just a little blurb and leaves something to the imagination. I don't know.
0: So with all that being said, how do we feel about this?
1: You know, I saw a lot of people using Instagram notes. It's it's something novel, you know, we've talked about before. It's, I think, the first original Instagram feature that we've seen in a lot of years. Um, They've been trying to keep up with and pick things from all the other popular social media apps. But despite it being the only original feature, it is dead. (laughs) Maybe it's not dead (laughs) for everyone, but I do feel like it is... A little crickety. It's pretty quiet over on my Instagram notes, so.
0: I, I was the same way. Uh, the first couple of days were kind of fun. It seemed like mm-hmm. there was kind of some inside jokes, kind of like going in between peoples. Um, but now I'm just not sure anyone knows what to put up there. I'm mm-hmm. uh, just not really sure what the use case is. So I am feeling iffy on this. I really like that Instagram did something. That mm-hmm. is uh, everything they've done, I feel like, in the innovation sphere is ads or, uh, you know, shopping, <laughs> something like that. So it was cool to see a feature just for fun. And it was fun for a second, but I, I, I'm i just not sure if this is it. So, you know, I, I'm feeling iffy on it. That's my official take.
1: Yeah. And there's so much depth in Instagram stories and just the amount of features and things that you can include there that. Yeah it's hard to compete with their own product on that front. And additionally, from a business side of things, Instagram makes most of their ad revenue from story ads, ads specifically in stories. So um, I guess if someone's really sick of stories and communicating with... Or sick of ads and communicating with their friends that way, they can pop over to notes. But as much as we all complain about how many ads we see on the internet all the time... That doesn't seem to be enough of a pull to get people onto Instagram notes, at least in my on my account.
0: Our next topic is another move by Instagram. They are removing the shopping navigation item and adding the create button back front and center. This is going live in February. So I really, really appreciate this, to be perfectly honest. Um, The shopping tab could have been incredible on Instagram, but it was never anything special, in my opinion. Every time I went there, there's almost no information. It was very, very light. Uh, so it's one thing to throw a bunch of ads, you know, into the navigation. It's another to make the experience terrible once you're there. So you don't even want to buy stuff. So I'm really happy to see the crate button come back down front and center. Even, um, I believe they're moving the reels option off to the right a little bit. And the crate button there, the reel is there, and then shopping will just be organic and Instagram again. My biggest takeaway isn't so much that they wanted to do this. I think it's that TikTok is eating their lunch so bad. <laughs> and just the uh, the sentiment of seeing the crate button tucked away, like, uh, ah, you're not a creator, you know, you're you're a You're a shopper." you know, It just kind of screams, "You you are a money printer for us, so you know, get to the right spot easier. And now pulling it back down says, hey, actually, we we're, we're we want you to create for, our, for us. Don't go to TikTok. You know, stay here. We respect you. That's kind of how I feel about it. H- how are you feeling?
1: I am 100% in the same boat. This is a move I'm very excited about. I still remember when Instagram moved the create button out of that home row up to mm-hmm. the top corner. And it's exciting to see them kind of redoubling on their original mission, you know, I think 2023. They've said that they want to refocus on connecting people, inspiring people to create, inspiring people to connect, and the way that they do that is getting more users to post organic, original content. And I just think that that's kind of been missing for the last couple of years. You know, Instagram is somewhat secretive in the data that they'll like let us have, but I it really feels like since that last change the amount of organic content that you see from people has decreased significantly. I know even for 100%. myself like I post way less than I used to. And there is a part of that where it's just I don't want to say difficult because it's a smartphone, but yeah. it's just not as convenient, you know?
0: I'm I'm really happy that they're bringing it back front and center, making it clear. It sounds so small, but I think that's also why like I'm really excited about these kind of conversations because it's not small. When you're looking at a billion users using it, it is such a big effect bringing it front and center.
1: Right. And getting into some of the design principles even around this change, you know, there's Fitts Law, which I don't know if you're familiar with it. Touch size and target location matter a lot in getting users to use features. You know, that's why you Mm -hmm. see the home row of most applications down at the bottom, you know, if you think of your phone screen as like how far your thumb can reach, you've got a green zone, which is like, you don't have to strain your hand. Mm -hmm. You've got like a stretch zone, a difficult zone, and then a like impossible to use zone, at least for those of us with small hands or huge Mm -hmm. phones or a combination of both. And if you overlay that kind of graphic onto a cell phone, or onto the Instagram home feed, that create icon is at the very top corner of the most difficult to reach part of your screen if you're using a single hand. So just by the principles of design, when they moved it to the top, it became more difficult to post. And the more difficult something is to do, we just instinctively stopped doing it, you know? And I think yeah. that's what we kind of what we touched on where we just saw so many less people posting their own content, you know, organic or creators and businesses and stuff, they're not really using the Instagram app to post. They're using scheduling tools. Facebook has a really robust scheduling or meta, sorry, meta has a really robust scheduling tool that you can use for both Facebook and Instagram. And they are not the ones who are affected by that change in the create post icon. So bringing it back down to the big bottom of the screen, right in the center is like prime real estate for That like fits lot, touch navigation on your phone.
0: Yeah. And I'm just going to harp on the fact that what it was replacing was a shop. It was a money-making thing. You know, they Mm -hmm. they prioritized selling stuff over their primary mission of what Instagram actually is. And I understand they're a business. They need to make money. But boy, it it did not feel good to even like, especially when they changed it to kind of like accidentally hit the shop. And you're like, oh. (laughs) Is it's ads? It wasn't even ads. It was just a shop, right? Like then yeah. there's sponsored ads in the shop. It's like, oh boy. So just the act of moving it back down, promoting organic content, and then moving the shop away. It feels good, in my opinion. So I feel good about this. I really like this. I think it's a great change. I think the competition uh, for all the things I don't like about TikTok, uh, this is why competition's good in the space. Meta hasn't had a competitor in a while. I feel good about this. How about Mm -hmm.
1: you? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And they're not taking away the shopping features too, which is fun because there's still lots of ways to discover products, discover businesses and all of that, and still even shop from your feed. But I think it just feels more in line with how I already use the shopping feature. Like I use the shopping feature and saving shops and posts and products but I never visit them from the shopping tab. So it's not something that I'll miss despite some of the features being things that I currently use.
0: Our final topic for the day is Microsoft putting ChatGPT into Bing. They've recently invested over $10 billion into the parent company of ChatGPT so that way they can eventually roll it out into all of their services. But right now they're looking at improving Bing with this incredible chatbot. Elise, do we even know how this is going to work?
1: Not at all. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. lots of like <laughs> speculation and conversation about how exciting it can be, but we have no idea. And there's so many implications that ripple through the entire digital marketing world, depending on how they implement it, you know, how that can affect di- display advertising and paid linking and all of that. So. I have what I would like them to do most. But before I jump into that, I want to hear if you have any thoughts on like, what direction you think this is going to take.
0: I am kind of in your boat still. I'm not entirely sure how, how they're going to implement it. Um, my first thought is that, okay, cool, Bing exists. Uh, honestly, I just before this, I was looking at it to see where they could even put it. And it's been, I'd say, over a year since I've even been there. Uh, traffic is just so low there. So first of all, love that there's competition, love that something cool is happening on Bing's side. And I believe even this news caused Google to spin up like a red alert team. Even though we can't figure out how this is going to be integrated, Google thinks this might potentially end their cash cow. So pretty cool on a high level. But then it goes right back into how is this going to work for a search engine? Uh, all the implications you just said. Um, not to mention that chat GPT as of right now is, I think, two plus years out of date. Um, and frankly, not very accurate. So maybe, maybe on the side on desktop, not that many searches happen on the desktop anymore. It'll just be like a little blurb of this really smart AI telling us something. Um, but then we're talking about kind of a bad user experience because do you focus on the listings? Do you focus on, uh, something that is really incredibly You know, technologically advanced on the right hand side, just kind of saying things to you. Um, I'm not really sure where this goes still, but I still think it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I wonder if they'll incorporate it something like Google's I'm feeling lucky button, where you have your search engine bar and your search button, but then you could also do like something like the I'm feeling lucky, and that would take you instead to this conversational AI. Mm. Uh, I think that could be a really interesting way to go about it with doing the dual offering of a traditional search engine result and your chat GPT feed without them being competing next to each other. Or even, you know, when you go to a lot of websites, you have that little icon in the bottom. So you could do your traditional search results and have something pop up that's a chat bot that is more conversational and can give you additional information and even Mm -hmm. guide your search better, almost like a search companion. Like a little Bing librarian or something.
0: Yeah, I I like that idea as an assistant guiding you through. Because when you Google something or Bing something, really, they're handing you like a research project. You're Mm -hmm. like, hey, what tie should I get for this formal occasion? And they're like, here's 10 results. Start researching. But I could see something on the side working with you to navigate it. But to bring it a little bit different direction, and this speaks to just how important design and user experience is, is that... When you do Bing something or Google something and you click on that first result or the second result, you get a gut feeling of how accurate or how reliable the information is by how put together the website is. If you get there and it looks like a uh, Wix website that was put together in 1999, right? Even before they existed, it's like, or GeoCities website, right? You're <laughs> like, Oh, this is probably out of date. This probably isn't very good. Whoa. But then, you know, you get to something more reputable, something more modern, and you just you trust it a little bit more. Now, if Bing doesn't, I'm feeling lucky and just gives you the output from the chat bot, but it scraped both of those websites equally, how are you supposed to know if it's good or not? Right. Like because they're stripping away everything but the information in the design and the experience uh, it could get tricky really fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, especially, you know, because they're not linking also, how does that affect your ability to, I don't know, do any double checking, you know, because th- things aren't coming from one specific source. You know, they are scraping multiple websites to come up with your answers. And Sometimes that is going to make it a much trickier option. I think there's even people who are saying, let's not trust this with anything particularly important at the moment. It's it's got a lot of great information, but it's not 100% reputable all of the time or 100% true. So it'll be interesting, yeah, to see how they roll out.
0: And this is why Google's spinning up a red team, because I don't think they have an answer ready to go. You know, Mm -hmm. Google owns part of the technology that ChatGPT is. I mean, they have incredible AI. Facebook's been rolling stuff out. I don't think anyone has an answer for how this replaces search engines in a good way. Uh, So much so that, again, the cash cow, the Google, the Google, right, doesn't know how to do it. I'd be really impressed if Bing comes out of the gate with something actually good. No offense to Bing. Like, seriously, Bing's fine. But let's just face it, like, they're not the leaders in creativity in the search engine space. So, if they come out swinging with something incredible, I'm going to be impressed. um, But it's also going to have to be kind of life altering to really make a difference. Now, it going into Word or Excel or PowerPoint, that I could see all day long. That makes a ton of sense. You open up Word, also get a draft done instantly. That makes a lot of sense. Bing, though, that really surprises me that that's the first thing they're going after. Um,
1: Can I say what I think that they should do with Bing? And this is my like free unsolicited marketing (laughs) advice to Microsoft. They can pay me for this later. I think the biggest opportunity for Bing with this acquisition or this partnership or whatever it is, is to try and do to Bing what Google has done for the word Google. Google is a verb. It's not just a, a thing that you go to. It is The word that you use to describe searching for anything. I can't even count the number of times that someone has been like on an Amazon (laughs) shopping page, be like, oh, will you Google this product? We're using it synonymously with searching. And I think if Bing can carve out like a unique searching product that is not just a search engine, how it looks now, which is very similar to Google change the experience of searching and really focus on that conversational AI and then brand it in a like, hey, let's Bing that. You know, I want to see like a big marketing campaign that is like in the middle of the Super Bowl, like the Alexa commercials and whatever that is like rebranding that conversational question and response search style to Bing that. You know, hmm. do you did you use cha-cha back in like high school? <laughs> yeah, where you high. texted
0: someone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think yes. there's a human on the other side, like getting paid six cents a text or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, but it would be like, you'd have some question at the football game on Friday night. Oh, cha-cha that. Hmm. And it was a like, you text out your question and you get a response back. Yeah. I want to see the same thing for Bing. Like, hey, let's Google that. Why Google that? Bing that. Like <laughs> is something- Bing
0: is Bing too damaged to do that though? Uh would they think- have to create a new one? Because they did do commercials with that, but it was like 15 years ago or however long yeah. ago. And they were trying to replace Google. They weren't trying to they were trying to redefine Google, not redefine Bing.
1: It mm-hmm.
0: might need to come up with something new. And chat GPT doesn't roll off the tongue. No, <laughs> so, I hate
1: saying it. I think I've stuttered over it multiple times in this conversation alone. I yeah. hate saying chat GPT. It does not roll out easily. It's
0: so cumbersome. And, totally. And, and Bing is fine. Bing. Why is there something wrong with Bing? I don't know. Google, <laughs> I feel like in a different universe, Google could be a weird word. Like something that can make your skin crawl. But we're totally okay with it. Uh, yeah. Bing, though, I, I just can't see it happening. Oddly enough, Cha Cha, that still rocks. I remember that. That's left such a good imprint. You you brought that out of the vault, and I love that. And we, I totally remember doing that when I was younger, sending that text out, and it was so cool, so cool. So I could totally see Bing doing something like that. I just wonder if the Bing
1: brand is might be done. Maybe they need to uh, also have a what are those called? The sounds, <laughs> the branded like not a jingle. Not a sonic branded branding. jingle, a Sonic branding for Bing, where you like <laughs> ask you Bing your question, and then you get some satisfying little doo doo doo.
0: That'd be nice. Uh, I was thinking more like a bell, because a Bing,
1: Bing bong,
0: something like that. Yeah, maybe they can partner <laughs> with Taco Bell and and really like get that that bell going. Uh, I don't know, but so all right,
1: Microsoft, hit us up for all these ideas. We're yeah. Just-
0: <laughs> Fresh ideas, fresh off the stove. Uh so how are we feeling about Microsoft putting Chat GPT into Bing right now?
1: You know, with any new search engine rollout, there is opportunity for huge disruption in how people use the search engine. Google has changed a million times and people adapt and get used to it. What will be interesting is the number of users that use Bing is so minuscule in comparison to Google that It might be slower to even gain kind of traction. Well, I know it's surely going to be slower to gain traction, and it is also probably going to be harder to judge what the sentiment even is. You know, I think I read this morning that Bing has 8% of search traffic. 8% is nothing compared to Google. All in all, I'm excited to see what they do with it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a a winding road, I think, to get this to a usable and adopted product. But we'll see what they do.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It kind of feels like we're due for a huge paradigm shift. Uh, This technology is really cool, but it also kind of feels like the Internet before it got any traction. Right. You could like see it. You're like, okay this could be used for something big. And there's some people saying, we're going to put it here, we're going to do this, but no one could quite understand how we're going to use it in a couple of years. So the question is, is this going to be this integration, the paradigm shift, or just a little bandaid on top of it? Uh, I hope it's a paradigm shift. Honestly, I love seeing that happen. I'm just not really, I'm not sure Microsoft is the one to do it. No offense. I'm excited. I feel Yeah, I feel excited about it. should be really cool. Not sure if this is going to be the implementation, but the technology is pretty cool. Well, that seems to be our time for today. Follow wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode of Design Onion. Thank you, Elise. We'll catch everyone next month.